0: 50% with Marcel Combs, my good friend and mentor. I'm DeAntha Grattan, and on this podcast, she will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today.
1: Hello, DeAntha. Hi, Marcel. What do we have today? Well, today we have (laughs) M.M. Washington. Yes, yes. So, such such a wonderful woman. She is doing a lot of great work. Um, She talks about blue sky days, and I love that.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. She
1: had me at that because
0: she says she loves the sunshine, makes her happy. Loves yeah. the
1: sunshine. She has two miracle sons, yeah. and she had a lot of loss in pregnancy. You can always tell a woman whose journey has been in particularly yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, she was a lawyer or still but is an is. attorney mm-hmm. for many years, but she said three years into it, she was going to do something else. And oh, then- yeah.
0: She w- I love it. She made a CD. She's written a book. <laughs> She's... She's- Sang she's, a song, uh, quite a woman, yeah. Yes, yeah. she,
1: and and she does lots of consulting these days on leadership mm-hmm. and success strategies, and truly a lot of things that I think women can really learn from and be helped by. Yeah. So yeah,
0: she's very inspirational. I think they're going to love listening to
1: her, Marcel. For sure. Let's go to MM. Here we go. Good morning, MM.
2: Good morning, Marcel.
1: We we're so happy to have you this morning on 50% with Marcel Combs, and we're looking forward to just having a great time here on the podcast. Thank
2: you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Do you know I usually start out by asking someone to kind of tell us their journey? Uh, and people start out wherever they want. Some start with birth and what they're their early life was like, and others start at, at any point in that journey. Uh, but it helps the audience kind of just get to know you, and and what's taken you to the day till today.
2: Okay, well, thank you. Um, I I'll start with uh, the fact that um, I've been a lawyer for since two thousand and two. Uh, I no longer practice law, um, but three three years into that journey of being a lawyer, I knew that this was not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It was um, I, I, I enjoyed law school completely, loved it. Did not even want to graduate. I was like, "What's next? What's the next thing?" But you know, I had to graduate and go off into the real world. And like I said, three years in was like this is there's got to be more and the the truth is I stayed another 15 years until 2020 right in the middle of the pandemic when I decided that this is it it's now or never and I decided that it it was now Um, and the reason that I stayed was because you know there's several things I mean I I look at I looked at the fact that, you know, I've taken a lot of student loans to get to where I was. What would people say? What would my family say? What would uh, my colleagues say? You know, especially knowing what I was leaving law to to pursue. I wanted to use my voice in, a, I wanted to continue to use my voice like I, you know, like I, like lawyers do, but I wanted to use it in a different form. So um, I stayed those extra fifteen years, and then finally I leaped from the legal ladder, as I like to say. So. <laughs> and so I, you know, today I, I get to use my voice in in the ways that I want to. And the the reason I was scared initially was because I wanted to record music. I wanted to. Um, I wrote songs on the in the background. And um, I wanted to record those songs. I saw myself singing, you know, all over the world. Uh, That's not what I do right now, but that was what I wanted to do.
1: I noticed you have a guitar in the background. Did, Did you pursue that at all, the singing? I did.
2: I did. So the guitar is more symbolic. I took guitar lessons a couple of years ago discovered that I would have to cut my nails to, um, <laughs> to really be able to play. So I just, I have two sons. I just put my sons in music lessons. Um, but the reason I took the, the guitar lessons was because I wanted to be able to convey, you know, get the songs from out of my head and it, at least be able to convey them to a producer who could translate that into, you know, into what I was hearing. Um, mm-hmm. but I did, uh, really, I do have a CD out, um, in, in 2017, I released my first and only CD so far. And it was, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful for me. It was a beautiful journey, uh, because it took 10 years, <laughs> uh, of, from the time that I wrote my first song to the time that I released it that CD and finally just gave myself permission to share that side of myself (laughs) with the world.
1: Do you know, that's a pretty far leap, um, from law to releasing a CD. Um, you know, it, it shows you're a very creative person. I noticed when I was reading through your bio that you, one of your favorite things include blue sky days. And I want to make sure (laughs) that you explain to us what that means.
2: It's as literal, it's really a literal translation. I, my happy place is any day where the sky is blue. It's basically a sunny day. Um, You know, I, my husband loves the rain, loves cloudy weather, I (laughs) I shine when the sun shines. (laughs) And so, um, and I'm very much an optimistic person. I think sunny days, uh, they somehow, to me, they represent optimism and hope and, you know, just happy, happiness, joy.
1: So, and you're near, you're near the ocean. To To me, a great day is when I can see and hear the ocean. And I truly don't really ever care whether it's raining or it's sunshining, but it's always nice if the sun is shining. Yeah, for sure. You you also um, say you love extra fine tip pens Mm -hmm. of any color and anything you can write on. So I thought that was an interesting... Um, thing to put in which must mean that you're writing not only songs but you must be writing a lot of other things also
2: that is correct yes I've always enjoyed writing I love to write um, just right right now as we're talking I might jot down something that you say or a question you ask and and come back to it later Um, ideas Mm -hmm. you know and and it doesn't matter I just look for whatever is around me But if I had to choose the type of pen, I love um, the, I think the three millimeters, you know, it looks like a (laughs) needle. (laughs) I love those the most uh, because they make my handwriting look even, you know, they they make my handwriting look good.
1: (laughs) That's um, a wonderful thing. So do do you, do catalog these? I find myself, writing on everything and the problem with that plan um is that <laughs> those things have have no we we always call it um not our filing system but our finding system. Uh, yeah We can't <laughs> it's all filed. It just we can't find it. Yes. We I will say we've gotten better along along the years and truly I've started trying to put some things in notes in my phone mm-hmm. so that I Actually, you know, find it at some other point. Other than that, when I die, I think my children, I hope they'll enjoy it. Will find little bits of paper everywhere.
2: <laughs> same. Oh my gosh! Absolutely the same. Yeah, I write. I I've tried several times to put the scrap, the scrappy notes in a in a journal you know i gave up hope <laughs> and i have several journals at the same time several notebooks notepads receipts
1: <laughs> i think that's you know if only i i can find them hidden everywhere so um craziness so you you also talk about two miracle sons and i know our our shows focused on women and women in the workplace and and how, you know, how you manage all those things um, to, to be able to make it work. I, I was interested. Um, I have four sons myself and a daughter. Okay. But, uh, you know, some days I thought they were miracles. And other days I thought perhaps <laughs> other things. <laughs> so, so tell me why you refer to them as your miracle sons.
2: Yes. Um, I, my journey to motherhood um, like many women was not, um, it was a, a challenging one. I just in a nutshell, I suffered, I experienced two miscarriages and two stillbirths. Um, so a total of four losses. Um, and then, uh, the doctor told me that uh, the fibroids that they had detected after my first loss, uh, because of those fibroids, I would continue to experience uh, pregnancy loss unless I got those fibroids removed. And prior to that, I had, you know, I had learned that my mom had had fibroids and she went on to have all her children with the fibroids. So I, I thought that that was going to be my story as well. Well, when the doctor said, you've got to have these taken out, I went ahead, you know, it was, it was, tough financially, and it was considered a pre-existing condition back then, and so it was really tough, but I eventually went ahead and had the fibroids removed. The doctor came in afterwards into the recovery room, said, you know, we got them removed. Unfortunately, we lost part of your food, so um, you're most likely not going to be able to get pregnant again unless via IVF. I was a struggling, I was young in my marriage at at that time, and it was just not the news I wanted to hear, especially because at least before I had been able to get pregnant, although not be able to sustain a pregnancy. And now mm-hmm. he was saying you probably won't, except maybe through IVF. So I wept for about a week. I had my woe is me moment for about a week. And then a friend, a mentor, um, somebody who's still a a mentor, another woman uh, to this day, she gave me a book. And so I, you know, I'm just going to take a, just pause to say, I believe in the power of telling our stories because this book, she gave me probably a little over a hundred pages. And I read, it was called Supernatural Childbirth. I read this book it re, uh, restored hope gave me hope um, and I went on that same year without IVF to go on and give, uh, get pregnant with my first son and give birth to him the following year and then two yeah. years later again without IVF um, I had my second son and as a result of that book You know, as a result of that testimony, I Mm -hmm. gave that book, that copy that was given to me to somebody else, another woman who was, who had experienced or was in the middle of experiencing something similar. And I bought another one and gave it to another woman. And they are mothers today of teenage Mm -hmm. children as well. And so that's why I call my sons, my miracle sons, because the Mm -hmm. doctor pretty much said, you know, <laughs> without IVF, you're most likely, and and even the IVF yeah. is not a guarantee. So right. um, th- that's why I call it my miracle sense.
1: Uh, that's a, you know, it, you hear so many women these days in early in my career, I'm a, a nurse by background, but early in my career, I worked and neonatal intensive care and a little bit in labor and delivery. And, you know, if you, which, which I too had some struggles, which if you look at five kids, one of which I, I uh, cheated with, uh, she's adopted. I figured I would just have twin boys. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I struggled with the first two and getting pregnant. And, you know, it, when you're, when you're a woman looking at it, it, just seems so easy for right. everyone. Right. And and so you have just a bowl full of emotions um in in approaching the whole thing. So um, you know, I'm so glad that someone reached out with to you and reached out with love um in that whole process. Because it can be um the best of times and the worst of times that's why I loved working in that area, most of the time, the happiest place on the earth, and you know then then there's the the rest of the time where it's tragedy wow. um well you've you know you you struggled with pregnancy, but you also you said you you must have worked your way through. Law school, at least in school, because you said you earlier that you had student loans, um, which you know it's been said they were they're the best investment a person can make, and I I would agree with that. My my husband and myself both went to school on student loans and you know paid that little bill <laughs> for a long you know yeah. it's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> you know when you're young and dumb and you you know you take it and you think oh i'm going to just miraculously yeah. going to make all this money when i get out it'll be great right. you forget you's got to pay the rent and you know Raise the kids, so to talk to us about how you on on this journey, how you managed to to make all these things work together, and on top of that, it might have taken you ten years, but you do have a CD. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's honestly a great question, and I for me, there's several things that come to mind. Uh, One is. Learning, continuing to learn what I don't know. Uh, uh, for example, going to law school, you learn to become a lawyer. But if you end up opening your practice, which I I didn't do, but you know I know a lot of people that did. But I did go on to open, you know, start a business. You don't learn business how to how to run a business, how to start a business, how to run a business, how to scale a business. And so continuing to learn, whether that is taking courses, um, I have coaches at at one point in time, I've had up to four coaches for different reasons, a business coach, a mindset coach, and so on and so forth, a a book authorship coach so that I could write my books. Um, So courses, coaching, having a community, no matter how small. Um, of people around me that, um, encourage me, cheer me on and for whom I can do the same. Uh, so that, and, uh, let's see, I'm also, so the, the journey to motherhood also exposed, um, me to the power of hope and the power of not giving up. And so that's also what is helping me to, to this day. Um, things that seem impossible or, you know, challenging. I sometimes, I mean, I, actually it's more times than not. Like I would, I'll refer back to the, the journey the, the, the impossibility that it seemed. I, that for me to become a mother and here I am today and, and my sons are daily reminders of that and so I'll, you know, okay the same way that this happened is the same way that something else can happen, whatever it is I'm facing so those are some of the things, but this, it's all about what what I feed myself mentally and even emotionally what I allow into myself and and that's not to say that I don't have moments of, you know, imposter syndrome or, or just doubting myself. I do, I'll probably daily, but I just learned to, um, I learned for me how to replace those thoughts when they come uh, with with other things, what I feed myself. And I'm always listening to inspirational, motivational words music, uh, because I believe that what we think about, what we reflect on, has a lot to do with who we are and who we become.
1: What you reflect on becomes who you are, Um, that it's so easy to let negative thoughts filter in our heads to the point that it stops one of my, my biggest pet peeves in life, is for someone to go through the whole process of a new idea. They work through it all in their mind and they come out on the other side of it not working Mm -hmm. before they've even taken a step toward it working. Better that we fail by falling down than never never taking the first step out the door. That gave me goosebumps,
2: Um, absolutely. Fail by, you know... By falling down rather mm-hmm. than failing by never taking that first step. Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting life with that. So, so you went back, you went out on your own in 2020. Uh, by the way, they don't teach you in nursing school how to do your own business either. <laughs> so, I imagine they business, don't. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> And I learned what a P&L was by <laughs> buying that book for dummies, accounting for dummies. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I learned, what did I learn through that? That you really do want an accountant in yeah. your life in yeah. a new business. I never wanted to be in an accountant, but you do need to be able to understand it. That's right. Um, so, so at, what, I mean, I know 2020 for a lot of people was a redefining moment. Uh, everything we knew, everything we thought, and and certainly, you know, a very, I, I, I don't talk about politics, so let me say this, but we were under a very conservative, very business-minded administration in 2020, and yet all businesses shut down. So I think, for people at the core, it was a reevaluation. I remember my father, who has been gone now for two years, but him saying, Marcel, uh, he's a country boy, it's going to get rough out there. I mean, people, people, it's going to get rough out there. Um, and, and when he died, we found about, which he was not a wealthy man, about $8,000 around his house, hidden wow. in different places. <laughs> of course I was thinking you know if the world goes down (laughs) your paper money's probably not going to be worth anything but you know I I didn't he wasn't alive for for that great wisdom from his daughter to come to him (laughs) but um but but you had a redefining time then was there any one thing that just triggered you to go that direction? I know you said, I'll never do this. And then you did it for 15 more years. Yeah. I think
2: so. A, several things happened at, at the same time. I had found a way to. Um, so what I left the law to do was to, to speak more, to write more and to coach women as a success coach. Um, And so I had been doing that in addition to my job for several years, the last few years. And one of the things that happened was I came to a, a project I was working on wrapped up. And before I got rolled over to another project, I asked for some time because, you know, my kids were about to go, Back to school, it was going to be the first full semester where they were on online, going to school online. So I just wanted to get them settled. But I also wanted to, you know, think about, did I want to, did, did I want to continue this? Because I had been coaching women to make the, the leaps that they wanted to make in their lives. And yet I wasn't really, I was kind of playing in a comfortable place. I hadn't made my full leap. And so I think that's it was the realization that you know I need to honor what i'm I'm coaching other women to do I need to do it as well but I needed to know that that I wasn't I was doing it for the right reasons and it was the right time for me and even though you know in 2020 at that time people were trying to hold on to their jobs and, and then in 2021 people were you know we had the uh, the great <laughs> uh, Great exactly, <laughs> yeah. um, But I just knew that, um, for me, it was the right time. So, um, I didn't, I hadn't really, because I wasn't, it wasn't a planned exit for me. I had, you know, I had a, a longer, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I still had more time in my plan to leap, but just, everything together just added up to now is the time and i have no regrets no regrets
1: it's good that's that's really good thoughts cuz i um it's hard to decide when that time is i've been an entrepreneur for you know all of my career and and early on i i think what um you know when you have no money to lose all the money you have is not a far distance. <laughs> but then, when you fast forward that career and you have money, then then it's harder to lose it. Um, and it, but I think also you get beat up along the way early on. I mean, when I was in my thirties, um, I think I had this invincible spirit that sometimes I try to find um I, I try to find that girl um and see you know if she's sleeping or she's dead I don't know <laughs> but um it's 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 hard um I know you talked about a mentor um and you you just mentioned that you got a coach for writing your book uh or your books and um talk to me about you know the importance of a mentor or a coach uh, and of course that's the business you're doing these days but how do you how do you think that helps a person because you've experienced it and now it, it you are providing it
2: yes thank uh, thanks for that question I think that there's a saying that one of my friends, um i learned from one of my friends we can't read the label from inside the jar and i i get goosebumps even saying it right now because it's so true we can it's easy for us to see to read somebody else's label we're on the outside looking in right it's easier but when we're we're in the middle of it sometimes we can't see the things that are right up under our nose. Um, and so that to me is what a mentor, a, a coach does. A mentor, my mentor, um, my mentors show me, have shown me and continue to show me in the, in a specific area. So, you know, if I needed, uh, if I say in the workplace, um, if I needed to, as a new lawyer, how do I, what is, what is proper? What do I do? You know, how do I climb the ladder or how do I even just show up at, on a day-to-day basis? I had mentors that showed me that. And then with, and that was for free with coaching. I think that for with a coach, it the coach doesn't necessarily have to be in the same space as you. So I did have a book coach, an author coach, and she is an author and has helped other authors. But for a life coach, she's not walking, she's not a lawyer, or she's not doing some of the things that I've done, but she's able to bring principles, bring, um, just be able, she's able to see things that I would never have seen or thought about and bring those to light for me. And so today I'm a TEDx coach for for people that want to give TED Talks. Um, And as a result of me giving my own TED Talk and learning the process, people reached out to me and asked, how did you do it? And so that kind of birthed this or or led me on this um, path to coaching people. I think it's important. The mistakes that I made Um, The first time that I applied to become a TEDx speaker, I made, I I mean, I look back, I shake my head, I made some silly mistakes, but I did not know. I could not read the label from within the jar. Um, But now on the other side of that, I can help people not make those mistakes as they are applying to become TEDx speakers. I can help them craft their talks you know and so uh, we can get coaching and mentoring for just about everything and I think that it slows up uh, it quickens the process of you getting to where you're trying to go
1: great thoughts how, how do you um, how do you feel that being or doing that TEDx talk impacted um, why did you have? A desire to do that, I guess. Um, how would that on on the steps toward doing something different was that one of them, or um, how did it, it, it how did it bubble up?
2: Yes, I love this question so much, and nobody has asked me this, so I love I love that you asked me this. Um, so I saw my first TEDx talk in 2013, sometime. Prior to that, I had seen TED talks. And so someone sent me TEDx. I was like, what is TEDx? So I watched this talk. And I was just blown away that somebody could use his voice to impact me in such a way that the talk was by a gentleman who is blind. And he talked, I mean, in his talk, talk he talked about the fact that Many of us have sight, but not all of us have vision. And he talked about his journey to, you know, where he's doing great things in the world, producing music and just, you know, he's doing amazing things. And that talk changed my life. I still go back and watch it from time to time. And so inside of me, after watching that, was birthed the desire to impact other people the way this man for 18 minutes or less, impacted my life. And, um, but then also, this was 2013, also at, almost at the same time I had the thought, yeah, but who are you? You know, this guy was already a producer and known in certain circles, but who knows you? <laughs> have you won any Nobel Prize? Have, have you, Are you a neuroscientist? Are you, you know, and I put all those thoughts I stayed with all those thoughts for the next few years. Um, And then in 2014, my mom passed away. And that kind of set the ball in motion for several things. Like I I just hit this point where I thought to myself, my mom passed away very suddenly, unexpectedly. But if I looked at her, like if I were to ask her, have a chance to ask her, did she feel like she had checked the boxes on most of the things she wanted to do, if not all, she probably would have said, yes, that doesn't mean that she was ready to go, but she had done her thing, you know? And if I were to go today, could I say the same thing? And the answer was a no. And so I started pulling, dusting those dreams, those goals you know, that's how the music CD came about. That's how I just started all those goals that I had worked had. I brought them back to life and slowly started doing them. And so one of them was the TEDx talk and it came to be in 2019. And, and how
1: long did it take you to get them to accept you? You said you made some mistakes. <laughs> I did
2: yes I did so I uh my first time applying was in 2018 towards the end of 2018 and I applied to three um TEDx events and I got uh I didn't hear back from two and one I did hear back from I didn't get in and then um again because now I'm in a different space at that time I'm in a different space I'm beginning to you know gather momentum. So I applied again in 2019 and I applied to one in London and I almost didn't apply to it, but I said, what's the worst that could happen? And that's the one I got. And oh, wow. uh, I gave my first TEDx talk. And in you got to go,
1: to, go to London. Exactly.
2: So, so I say, um, the second time around that in which, uh, I applied, that's when I, so maybe six months or less was, was what worked for me.
1: That's, you know, that's fabulous. Um, do you have, can, do you have particular women that you look at that you truly admire, um, either famous or not? Um,
2: Yes, I do. Um, there, so there are several women I. My mom, for sure, for sure. She was just a a bright light and a very calm, spirited person. Um, But then also, uh, there's a a business coach uh, by the name of Marie Forleo, and I admire the things that she's doing in the world. Um, I'm also... I'm trying to think of who, um, my mentor, who's, she's a, she's my pastor at my church, my pastor's wife at my church. Um, she's the one that gave me the book, um, that helped me on my journey to motherhood. Um, and then I have coaches that I've either worked with in the past or that I intend to work with in the future um that are that i admire i basically admire women who uh don't allow excuses to hold them back they're faced with challenges for sure mm-hmm. and they could allow themselves to you know be overwhelmed and stuck by those challenges and maybe they 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 do get stuck for a season, for a moment, but eventually they pick themselves up um, with the help of others and then go on to do great things.
1: You know, my favorite speaker in um, and, and my life has been blessed to hear a lot of amazing people speak, um, but I, I got a rare... Opportunity to hear Condoleezza Rice speak in a small group. Mm. And and mm-hmm. I, I've i used her a couple times because I was so blown away with her intelligence, her grace, her knowledge base. Um, and John, I was at a, a, a group with John Maxwell, and she was the surprise guest of just 100 oh. people or less. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we had we weren't we knew it was going to be someone. They said put away your phones. Uh, you can't have any electronic devices out. And we were in California. This was last fall, and and we were just guessing all over the place who could it be <laughs> that yeah. you know we would have to put our phones away, uh, which is a, a really you know given a, a conference that you're going to or a small group, but. But I have to say she's left a uh, lasting, you know, impact on just, um, you know, she, she's an older woman now, but still so vibrant in, in what, what she's doing. So um, I, I don't know. I, I've, of course, always admired her. But until I heard her speak, you know, it's it's that voice you were saying that's good for you um, because people need encouragement and you never know you never know what day they need that encouragement that they could just dial up and and listen to someone speak so i you know i always love to kind of end with um what books do you love it it can't it doesn't have to just be written books some people love the feel of paper and that kind of thing but other people listen to audiobooks or podcasts or you know those um types of mediums what what's your what's on your favorite list or what you are listening to or are reading right now
2: yeah so right now i'm reading i just started a book called uh the wolf of wall street Um... (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, it was a gift. So um, I, you know, I've seen and heard about this book for a while, but um, because it was given to me um, as part of a a mastermind I'm in, um, I'm reading it and it's it's actually so far I'm loving it. It, um, A book that, two books that, well, I've already talked about the supernatural childbirth book that Helped me on the personal side, but two books that helped me just on this entrepreneurship journey, especially even before I became an entrepreneur are um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, <laughs> and then The Millionaire Next Door, The Millionaire Next Door. And um,
1: yeah, that's those. Uh, those are are I mean, I, I have to say two books that I had uh, here often um and they have such great wisdom, really um, yeah the the millionaire next door is is just quite interesting. I have my youngest child is a girl and um she uh, she's now you know graduated from school and and working. Um, but I you know we had her meet after she married with a financial planner just to, sit down and say okay i i need a plan and you know what mom and dad have to say that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they're listening and someday (laughs) they'll take our words but somehow when someone else says it it seems to hold more weight but i remember her coming out and and they she's chosen uh to work for Disney, and and so he's chosen a path that might not lead to great wealth. But she said, "Mom, he told us if we just saved consistently, and they're young, she and her husband, that we yeah. would be a millionaire someday." My uh, <laughs> dark side thought, "Oh, that's that's not going to be enough." But my <laughs> positive side, you know, is saying yes. If you consistently do that, it will lead to something yes. on the back end. Isn't that hard? It's never, it's never the diet that we're going to get to four months from now, or it's right. it's what I choose today that's the hard part, not the goal. I could run, right. I could write everyone a goal, including myself, but it's it that's not the hard part to me. It's what my habits are what I do today that's really the hard part. How am I going to sacrifice myself in the moment? So with that, um, how can people get in touch with you? We've had such a lovely time this morning, M.M., and so how how can, if, if people want to talk to you, follow you, um, contact you, how do they do yeah. that?
2: Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm M.M. Washington on all social media platforms, MM Washington, and um, send me a message and let me know that we met here <laughs> on 50%. So, And I'd love to, uh, to connect. I'm also, my website is mmWashington.com. You can reach me there. And uh, yeah, th- those are the ways to connect.
1: Well, I, I think that your most impactful statement uh, to me this morning was about you can't, you can't see the label from the inside of the jar. Um, and I, I, I think that's good wisdom. Um, I thank you for being on the show and being a light to those around you and the mother to two boys. Not an easy task, but so much fun. You're going to have so much fun with these boys. And I just, you know, congratulate you already on doing a great job with them. So thank you again for being on 50% with Marcel Combs. And I look forward to following what your great adventure is going to be.